This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So we've been, of course, keeping you up to date on the program here tonight as to, and by the way, tonight joining you, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, sometimes we have our friend Sam joining us on the program. He uh, he normally fills in on the nights you're not here, Wayne, because you've started getting involved in uh, some local political things in the town in which you live here in New Hampshire. And so our friend Sam's been filling in, but unfortunately he hasn't been available for the past now uh, two and a half weeks because he's been sitting inside a jail cell and the reason for that is because he dared to bring a video camera into the lobby of the Keene District Court up here in New Hampshire, was arrested for it, and is being held until he decides to give the jailers his his uh, full legal name. Well, uh, uh, you know, and uh, gives up his right to remain silent. Exactly. He has uh, used his right to remain silent, and as a result of that, they're punishing him by sticking him in a jail cell for an indefinite period of time, meaning that he'll never get out. Until he decides to give his name. That's what the claim is. So Sam is with us, and uh, we're going to bring him on here. And I was concerned for a little while, Sam, because uh, because I wasn't sure what was going on. I hadn't heard from you. Normally you're call, calling me pretty much every day, and I hadn't heard from you in two or three days. And so I called the jail yesterday to make sure you were all right. Uh, what it turns out was the phone. I, I got a phone that I put uh, plugged in upstairs so I could hear it ring from all over the house because down in the studio there's no phone that actually uh, rings most of the yeah, time. Yeah, bad idea. Uh, so I could hear the uh, the phone ring when when you call, and I guess Julia was cleaning over the weekend and, and just bumped the phone off ever so slightly to where if you were looking at the phone, you wouldn't know that it was off the hook. And there was no beep, beep, beep. You know how after a while it's supposed to start beeping at you? That didn't, didn't happen. Do it, huh? it, I never noticed it. Um, so apparently that made the phone go to a busy signal. So when you called, uh, you were getting a busy signal. And I had no idea you were trying to call. And finally we managed to get that resolved. So you are okay. You're still on your hunger strike. I am, yeah. And you are still at the uh, the Westmoreland, uh, the Cheshire County Jail. What's going on, man? What's uh, what's happened to you and uh, about you since the last time? are you getting out? Uh, who knows? I I, I I don't know at this point. Um, so I, the weekend was kind of rough because, you know, visitations on Saturday and Wednesday, and nobody came on Saturday. I think there was a mix-up, or I don't know if the jail told them the wrong day on purpose or what. And I also didn't get any letters Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, it turns out on Monday they brought them in, and they've been holding them. But I, I was sitting there thinking, Oh, great. You know, everybody's already forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) You can rest assured that has not happened. Uh, LouRockwell.com finally covered the story today, and uh, we were talking earlier about a couple of the other places where your story has popped up. It's certainly certainly not hitting the mainstream media uh, at this point, but But something's better than nothing. Yeah, and it's got to make me think about the people who don't have a a legion of activists behind them, supporting them and sending them letters and so forth. It's got to be debilitating to be in here and all alone and never get uh, communications and have everyone, you know, go about their normal lives and, and forget about people who are in here. And that's the case with most of the other guys you're in there with. I do know that there are activists coming out there tonight. Uh, one of them should have a pair of reading glasses for you. So um, so you will be getting some visitors. In fact, if, uh, you know, if they need to interrupt you to take you down to the uh, the visiting, certainly we'll, uh, we'll end this call. Okay. Uh, 
But so what else has been going on, Sam? I mean, I actually got some news today. I don't think we've even had a chance to talk about it. Do you want me to share that with you? Sure. Well, I was talking with Ivy. She's kind of our uh, legal eagle up here, and she's been doing a lot of really great work. Uh, she went out to the Supreme Court today to file a writ of habeas corpus for you uh, because the Superior Court rejected that. And so she's taking it all the way up to the New Hampshire Supreme Court. Uh, she told me that apparently today the judge at the district court that originally had you thrown in jail has issued an order saying that they believe they have discovered what your legal name is. And we we think that has to do with the fact that they had taken you down to the, the, the police department and fingerprinted you recently, that perhaps they ran that information and managed to uh, to dig that information up. Well, it's been two and a half weeks, and uh, I guess they've moved quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> so, and not to, I mean, how hard really is it? If somebody's watched my videos, how hard do you think it would be to find out my legal name? considering what some of them are about. You mean as far as the place where you used to live? Yes. I right. mean, really, it would take about 10 minutes on the phone if, if they were... I guess they don't have any detectives on the case. Well, they, they, want, they wanted you to give up the information, and they still do. In fact, the order, from what I understand, I don't have it in front of me, but it basically says, well, we believe that Sam is so-and-so, and... Uh, and the, but uh, that's not going to mean that we're going to move forward because we still want him to tell us. So basically that's where that stands, and so I think what Ivy did was she filed the uh, the other power of attorney or whatever it's called, uh, appearance, to where she filed that under your legal name. So if that will move things along, I don't know. They may still say, well, this isn't good good enough. We still need him to say it. I don't know where, what they're going to do with it, but nonetheless, that's the latest in the case. It should be. I, I mean, what they're essentially saying then is people don't have rights unless you – cooperate with the government. They have not allowed me to see any attorneys. They have not allowed her to visit or to uh, discuss you know, my case unless it's being recorded on the phone where they can hear everything. I've, in the two and a half weeks I've been here, I've been allowed on the law library computer two times, once for three hours and once for about four hours. Um, you know, They were giving me motions where I couldn't respond to them because they, I didn't have pens or papers or whatever, and you know, they, this is crazy. It is not supposed to work to where somebody is just in America supposed to be thrown in a jail cell and left there to rot until they cooperate and give up their rights in order to get whatever rights the government wants to hand out. Now, one of the things you you had been doing is uh, you'd been taking, you're on a hunger strike and you have been since the day you got there. Right. It's now been over two weeks. One of the things you'd been doing was you'd been taking the meals that they've been giving you and trading away the food so you could get things like stamps and you know bathroom articles and things like that. Now the the, the other inmates have been all, have been awfully charitable towards you. I mean, even in the absence of uh, you having anything to trade with them, they've been helping you out. But the uh, the food they'd been giving you had been uh, really good fodder for trading and to get you some things that you needed. Especially since apparently they screwed you over on the commissary order uh, within the last week. That's my understanding. Right. So I never got that. I asked three different guards what happened to it and never got an answer. Uh, but they did set me up when I first got here with soap and shampoo and conditioner and, you know, toothbrush, all the things. That they, they, meaning the, the inmates? The other prisoners, yeah. Right. I like to call them inmates. Um, Wait, they don't like it when you call them inmates? No, I don't like to. I call, I'd like to refer to everyone here as prisoners because they are being held against their will. I think if I asked, asked them, they'd all raise their hand and say they'd like to go home. Um, Good point. I, I always thought that there was a different. The, the, I was trying to make the difference between somebody who was in a prison versus who was in a jail, but I guess you're 
you know, either way works for me. So, yeah, the other, like uh, earlier, I think it was beginning last week or maybe this weekend, I don't remember exactly, I had traded my breakfast for something, a stamped envelope, and went over, I got it from the window, took it back and set it down on the table with the guy I had traded with. And the guard, new guy, comes in and takes it from him and walks out with it. And then afterwards, every time the same guard has come in, um, he'll ask me, are you going to eat it? And I tell him no, and then he won't give me the food anymore. And uh, the other inmates were pretty outraged about that. Um, they're still giving me, you know, whatever I need, kind of taking care of me, that sort of thing. But uh, it's happened over and over again. So how many times a day? I mean, it's only happening with this one guard. How often are you being denied food? Uh, it's happened, I think, it's either four or five times now. Within the last couple, few days or what? Yeah, in the last week since it started. So um, a couple times back, he, uh, he asked me if I was going to eat it. And I said no, and, you know, and as soon as I do that, all the uh, prisoners say, oh, Sam can't tell a lie. I, I, I'm Sam, I am, I cannot tell a lie, that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, he then, he had given me the tray with the drinks on top of it. I am drinking the milk. And he's like, take your drinks. And I said, no, I'll drink water. And I walked away, and I went, I hadn't even made it 10 steps towards the tier when three of the inmates those prisoners had jumped up and, and put their milk on the uh, bunk by the by the door I was walking to. So before I even turned to walk away, really, I had three glasses of milk. To, to show their support for you. Hang on, Sam. We're going to bring you back another, uh, another story coming up here about the, uh, the sweltering heat in the jail as well as uh, a toilet overflowing. We'll find out in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Dot com. In fact, I sent out an update today at about 1.30 Eastern Time, and it was actually a fairly urgent update because uh, we've been talking over the last couple shows about, obviously, Sam's situation, and he's, uh, I think he's still with us. Sam, are you there? Did we lose Sam? Oh, wait a minute. Sam? Yep, we got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay, so over the past few days, we've been talking about, actually the past several days, uh, two weeks, we've been talking about your situation, and of course, one of the frustrating things has been that uh, apparently there's a story out of uh, Iran where some journalist has been taken hostage or has been today in the paper. Yeah, I don't know too much about it, but apparently the mainstream media in this country is making quite a big to do about it, as they should. I mean, a journalist being uh, taken hostage is a pretty big deal, or or arrested, or whatever has happened to him or her. But they're ignoring the story that's happening right under their noses, which is that you've been in jail for uh, for a couple weeks, and, and it's been pretty frustrating. And we've put the call out there on both uh, this show and at freekeen.com and on other uh, blogs across the Internet to asking people who are concerned about you and who do want to get the word out about what's been happening to you, the fact that you've been locked in a jail cell uh, because you exercised your right to remain silent after you tried to record uh, with your video camera in a public court lobby. 
So uh, we've been trying to get people to reach out to various different media to get them to cover the story. And, of course, you had an interview with Carlos Miller. He's a blogger uh, earlier this week. He has yet to put that story together. It did make LouRockwell.com today. But as far as big media is concerned, it really hasn't scratched uh, the surface. And then t- uh, today there's this Fox television Internet show called Freedom Watch with uh, Judge Napolitano and a panel full of uh, generally liberty-oriented guests. And it's become quite a, quite a little Internet phenomenon amongst the liberty-minded Internet people, of which there are quite a few. And uh, to the point where they claim to get 100,000 views per episode of this, again, Internet-only television show, which is that's a, lot of, uh, that's a lot more views than we get listens in a, in a month, basically. And so getting you and getting your situation, at least, on this show uh, would be awesome uh, because it would get the, it would get more people, more eyeballs and ears uh, in front of what's happening to you, Sam. And so there was an effort to try to swing the topics on the show in your direction because they have this system online where people can go and vote on what they think the topics on the next show should be. And one of the topics that was in the top three, I think, was uh, a topic about the right to record, basically, that one of our listeners had submitted. And then we used, uh, we used our show and uh, one of our web links, act.freetalklive.com, to send our listeners there. And that's one of the things I did here. And uh, we did it a couple days ago to, uh, to give them the topic. And then today we tried to push a question to the top. And we did successfully push a question to the top of their list of what questions should, should we uh, talk about or what questions should we ask a guest uh, on the show, and your question was number one. We sent that out over the Free Talk Live updates list. We sent out a, a Porcupine 411 to the activists here in New Hampshire, and I'm sure, I think, Mark, you might have sent out a Facebook update or something like that. I got that a little late, so it didn't go out oh, to okay. our Facebook. Sorry about that. Well, like I said, I was doing it at, you know 30 minutes before the show started. And we managed to get the la- this last-minute push and push you up from, like, fifth place to first place by far, but still they didn't talk about it. So I don't know if this is a once-a-week show. I think it might be the Freedom Watch. So uh, presuming you're still there next week, we'll, uh, we'll give it another shot. And even if you aren't there next week, maybe we can make you the guest. Maybe if you're out, uh, you can be the guest because it's pretty easy for us to... Uh, to work their system. I don't want to use the term game the system because it's the rules and we're playing by the rules, right? Mm-hmm. We're having activists go and, and get active. And it's a really easy uh, form of activism. So I can, uh, I'm can i hoping that we'll be able to get you on there at some point and get you some, some extra exposure. And if it turns out that the government uh, people have indeed identified you correctly and they decide to move ahead with their process, that means there's a small chance at least that over the next few days they could hold another bail hearing and possibly release you on your rec- on uh, personal recognizance. Yeah, and they, they sent me down to the nurse today to get weighed again, which I'm at uh, 163. I think. 163? What is that down from? 180. Wow. So, um, but, yeah, we were talking about, we were going to talk about Sunday uh, when the protesters came out. And uh, normally, last few times, they've locked everybody down. They send them to their cells. And uh, this time, they did something different. There's one one tier uh, that has windows where you can see out and see the people carrying signs and so forth. And this time they kicked everybody out of that tier and shut the, the bars to the end of that tier uh, and had everyone out here in the day room. And uh, so I stood at the bars and was able to see a few folks walk by holding the signs and so forth. And let me tell you, that protest kicked off a literal S-storm. <laughs> How did that kick off an S-storm? Well, while everybody was in the day room, as the protesters were out there, the toilet that has been stopped up for over three weeks now 
overflowed again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, toilet paper, urine, feces, oh, it starts flowing out onto the floor. Yay. Um, <laughs> and the prisoners, and it was also a hot day, and apparently they don't care what the temperature gets to outside. It's, it's the date that determines when the air conditioner comes on. Oh, there's a good That's policy. That's crazy. Should, one that can, well, a nice flexible policy that you can apply to anything. Yeah, the air conditioner doesn't get turned on until at least uh, June. And the that is insane. I mean, I, yeah. it gets hot up here in New Hampshire. I mean, it's not the south of Florida, but it's still when that it was sun, hot in the last couple of days. Right when that yeah, sun's the, beaten down, it was up in the uh, the high 80s at the very least. Oh, it was, uh, my my thing showed over 95. Yeah, and they they have the same policy for heating as well. This summer, one of the cells at the end, the the water in the toilet actually froze. That's how cold it gets in this jail before they are willing to turn the uh, the heater on because, well, it's policy, you know. So wait, when do they turn the heater on? I don't know the exact month. I'll have to find out from one of these guys. But some of the people that have been here for eight months told me that, that the toilet at the end of the block that has two outside walls, the water inside the toilet froze. <sighs> they put a cup of uh, milk up on the shelf and it froze. Oh man! And how close is somebody to that cell? As far They're as uh, that cell. people are in that. I mean, why would why would they let a cell go unused, Ian? That is crazy. People are yeah. living there. <laughs> so that's how they treat people here in New Hampshire. It's a great system. Um, so the toilet starts overflowing, and I mean, this we get to clean this up every time, and we get a mop and a mop bucket. Oh. Um, sometimes they don't even now. They're not giving us bleach anymore, and it's hard to get. You know, even the water changed on the mop bucket. So we had done this three times already last week, and they had just had enough and started banging on the walls saying, hey, 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 and the guards come running in thinking it's a fight or somebody's hurt. And then when they find out it's the toilet overflowing, they get really mad. They're hot because they're now in our day room that has 20 people in it, and it's mm -hmm. 100 degrees. And um, they respond by going down the tier that's closed off and start searching cells. And one cell that was four people in it had uh, five rolls of toilet paper, and you're only allowed one per inmate. Uh, so they seized all of them and took them out. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I take it back. Uh, I had uh, positive things to say about uh, this particular jail, and and I guess you know on the scale jails of jails, just, jails it's, just suck. It's just the it's just the way it is. I understand that. I guess you know on the scale of jails, it's somewhat a little better than some of the other ones. But the more I hear, the uh, just the more awful it becomes. Uh, we're gonna bring Sam back if he's got time here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More experiences from the inside of the bars. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, fe features, by the way, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. 
www.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. If you use code FTL, you can save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com, code FTL. So we're continuing our conversation with our co-host, Sam. He's also a documentarian at ObscuredTruth.com. He's been in jail now for well over two weeks, and he's with us on the line uh, from his cell in jail. Uh, Sam, you're back with us. Are you there? Sam? Do we? Oh, you know what? I, gotta, I keep doing that. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, so you're telling us about some of these conditions you've been experiencing. Uh, there have been uh, toilet issues where they, the jail just obviously is in no big rush uh, to fix the plumbing problems in this place. And so there was a, a toilet overflow on this uh, this past Sunday, which resulted in uh, feces. And, Unsanitary conditions, yeah, to say the least. Pouring across the floor. Then in order to clean it up, which apparently it's your responsibility to clean up the toilet that they have They don't fixed. have janitors for da- jails. Uh, so they bring you a mop and a bucket, but they have uh, decided to cut off on the bleach. So you're not getting bleach to clean. And they're this, not changing out the bucket very often either. Uh, this mess up with. So living in very unsanitary conditions. And then top that off with the fact that up here in New Hampshire, over the past several days, it's cooled down a bit today, but over the past several days, it had been up in the high 80s and the 90s even uh, outside. And this jail, they don't they don't begin air conditioning until June. So it doesn't matter how hot it gets in the next 30 days, 31 days, they are going to, uh, you're going to have to sweat it out. And so sweaty, hot conditions combined with unsanitary uh, feces around. I mean, this is a, this is a mess. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much describes it. And, uh, you know, the tempers flared and people uh, were very upset. And the guard is then going back, searching people's cells, pulling out. Oh, you've got an extra pair of socks that you're getting written up. Right. Punitive, and, punitive searches. Yeah, just real petty and small. Um, so that that ends, and they're like, we want to talk to the supervisor. And finally, there's a couple guys that are pretty cool-headed, and uh, he, his name is LaPointe. He comes in, sticks his head in, doesn't even want to walk in the door or stay. You know, he wants to do another drive-by where he says, yeah, okay, I'll look into it and move on like most of them do. But they would not let him go. They were tenacious with him this time and saying, you know, look, this is not sanitary. We're not getting, you know, this. And we don't, the spray bottle that we use to clean the cells disappeared for like three days because the guy downstairs that waxes the floor pours wax in them. And then they get stopped up. So he comes and takes ours. So we don't have anything to even clean like the the buttons on the toilet or the sink, which, by the way, you can't. Uh, run the water unless you're pushing the button, so it makes it really hard to wash your hands and get yep. it actually clean. Um, it's just absurd. And it, they finally did manage to fix the toilet today, I think. Uh, and that's because they've moved somebody into the day room because all of the cells are full. Uh, however, they haven't given us a <laughs> wait, 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 somebody is living in the day room? Yeah, there's a guy right next to me on the phone, uh, right here by the phone that's laying down in his bunk. Because they're full. I mean, no, wait. Didn't you also tell me? I don't know if you said this on the air, but there's a gym uh, at this particular jail. And I remember when I was there, they had told me that the gym at one time was being used to house people. You told me that they're actually housing some people there now, and they've re they've changed the name on the gym because apparently it's illegal to house people in a gym. Um, it's, um, It's inhumane, and you can get sued if you put people in a gymnasium. Uh, come, I found out also when the uh, 
no, no standing mass civil disobedience was going on. They had set up a bus to arrest everyone, throw them in the bus, and then they had them clean out the gym so that they could put the cots in and have everybody locked up in the gym. Wait a minute. This was for the, the Liberty activists? Yes, that was their plan. They also, in trying to find out who I was, they <laughs> took my cup that I drank the milk out of and went and sent that off to be fingerprinted and ran that. Wow. I mean, and on top of that, all of the deceptions and lies that they've, you know, holding my mail and so forth. And these people, it's, sure, Van Wicker it seems like a nice guy, but he sure does have some people with integrity issues working for him. And the way that they treat prisoners here is just abhorrent. Welcome to bureaucracy. You know, uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com, also co-host on this show, has been talking about doing some prisoner outreach. And uh, Zeus Legion, who is one of the uh, the behind-the-scenes guys, uh, producers uh, on the show here, has uh, is also an artist. And he's uh, he's the guy that uh, does Freedom Force comics that yeah. we've advertised a handful of times here on the program. And so he sent a bunch of Freedom Force comic books to us here in, in Keene so we could bring those out to uh, the, the jail and possibly have them distributed to the prisoners, which could, you know, that'd be a cool thing. Um, so Dale's going to be meeting up with the superintendent to see how that could work out. And he's also talking about doing some sort of prisoner outreach program in general. But I think that, uh, you know, if when you get out of get out of here, if somebody wants to spearhead some sort of prison reform effort, I think it'd be worthwhile uh, because the more attention that is brought to these unsanitary, despicable conditions these pr- uh, prisoners are kept in, and when it's in when it's wintertime, the the last cell is freezing cold. Uh, when it's uh, the middle of spring and it's hot out, and summertime uh, when it's the middle of spring, there's no air conditioning until June. So these are this is inhumane uh, these conditions, in my opinion, and and. And before anybody out there thinks that this is something that's uh, that's unique to Cheshire County, New Hampshire, that's just where we happen to be. There are jails that are in in worse condition across this country. This People is, being held in tents. Th- yeah, in right. California, you can't even seal up the envelopes because they read your mail first, and if you say something they don't like, it goes in the trash. I mean, I'm hearing stories. I, I haven't even told you some of the personal stories that I've been taking down while I'm here. I'm saving those for when I'm out. Um, it goes on. I mean, with LaPointe, the, the officer in charge, and this is the head guy um, for that shift, He's they're going back and forth with him, being very cordial but very firm about these conditions and when is this going to get fixed. And he essentially said, uh, well, you know, they're, they said, hey, don't we have a right to some sanitary conditions in here? We shouldn't have to live like this. Sure, he said, well, toilets back up on the outside, too. And I said, yeah, but... Or somebody said, yeah, but you can get them fixed, and we don't have to live with it. You're forcing us to live with this. And he goes, well, you're inmates. You don't have rights. Well, it's not That's true. Nonsense. The ACLU uh, fought a great deal for uh, rights for inmates, and you know, I've read books. And uh, that was a quote are... from him. So. Well, that's why I'm saying something, something should be done about this, and these bureaucrats should be held accountable for what they're doing to people. It's awful. And I, and I only wish that this level of attention could be given to jails and, uh, and, the, in, and the prisoners there across this country. I think it's, it's sad that all that we can do here is look at what's happening in our own backyard, and there's very little that we can do here about what's happening where you are listening to this show, because you can better believe that if you get put in your local lockup facility, you're going to have as bad or possibly worse a time as Sam is. Absolutely. And so many of the prisoners in these jails and lockups 
are there for a nonviolent crime. Yes. And, and in the last 20 years, what they've done is the media has floated these stories about how these prisoners in these jails get all these unreasonable rights and special privileges they shouldn't get. And they've tried to turn the public against uh, prisoners in, in facilities. And a lot of them, yeah, there are some who probably uh, you know, have murdered people or raped or whatever, but they still should be treated humanely. Hey, Regardless. Calling me uh, down for visits, guys. I had one request. Yes, sir. Um, the people still—it's been over two and a half months now. They haven't gotten haircuts. So the next protest, can you make a sign that says "Haircuts for 208"? Haircuts for 208. Yeah, yeah very good, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, Thank you very much. Thanks for the call tonight. Good uh-huh. luck in Bye-bye. there. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't. I don't think Awful. that. I don't think that convicts uh, deserve uh, you know go karts and uh, and and cable TV and you know porn on uh, on the weekends or whatever. But I do think that they deserve to be in sanitary conditions. And one of the things that, and one of the temperature huge, that's comf- that's at least livable. One of the huge that's unsanitary, honestly. One of the huge steps that they could take is just releasing the non-violent offenders, putting them on a house yep. arrest. 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Comments on Sam's story or whatever you want to talk about. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on with that program. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we go to Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis calling uh, from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Dennis? Hey, so there was a lot of big stuff that happened today in the New Hampshire Senate stuff that a lot of the free staters have been have been fighting on and and working on and stuff. Yeah, some um, good news three, today. Yeah, three actually three pieces of pretty good news. Um first, the Senate has passed a same-sex marriage bill, which I'm pretty happy about. Well, so, you know, it's two a- guys or two girls or or whoever should be able to get married as long as the governor doesn't veto that. So it's passed the House, it's passed the Senate, it's uh, going to the governor's desk. How often do you see the governor in New Hampshire vetoing things that uh, that are are passing the House and the Senate? Does that happen very often? It doesn't happen too often. With that bill, I think of, of the three, that's the one that probably, if he's going to veto anything, that would be the one that he might. One now, New Hampshire already be- has uh, civil unions. This is now marriage, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And, and the governor is on record saying that he thinks marriage should meet it. It's great double talk. It's total politician speak. He thinks marriage should be reserved for a man and a woman, but that same-sex couples should have all the same rights as a married couple. Right. So it's all about the word so, and what it's uh, how it's defined, which is just silly nonsense. Well, they, what they don't what they don't say here, and the problem I have with this whole issue, it's it's so div- divisive. But go- the government shouldn't be involved in marriage to begin with. That's the whole issue. For exactly. Me. What I find very frustrating is I can find lots of people, both 
Democrats and Republicans who will agree that, yeah, you know, the, the, the state should not be involved in marriage, and then the very next words out of their mouth are, but since it is, comma, now we have to blah, blah, blah. And I just, oh. Yeah. But there you go. There you go. All right, so that's one thing. What else? Medical marijuana. I'm very happy about that. Um, that passed. It passed with uh, slight bipartisan support. One Republican did actually vote for the medical marijuana bill. He's to be thanked. Um, but that is also going on the governor's desk. And that, there's a slight chance he'll veto it. I'm hoping that a lot of people call up the governor and tell him not to. I think if that happens, he's pretty certain not to. What about hemp? Has anybody brought forth a uh, hemp legalization bill, too? There, there is. Industrial hemp is one of those issues that every single two years a bill comes up. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I haven't looked at it specifically. I don't remember whether it was two years ago or whether it was this year that we had a, an industrial hemp bill. I know there's nothing in play right now. What was the third thing, Dennis? The third thing is the seatbelt law. Oh, yeah. This is, of course, the hallmark of uh, one of the hallmarks of New Hampshire is that uh, it's the only of the 50 states that does not have a mandatory adult seatbelt wearing law. And, of course, every year or two, they're always trying to to push it through again. Somebody's mom puts through another bill to make sure that everybody wears a seatbelt because it's safety. And so the yeah, activists have turned now, out, uh, a lot of activists have turned out on all of these issues, and it's one of the reasons why the the Free State Project is a viable idea, and uh, it, the the fact that we've had seven, we have 700 people who are part of the Free State Project here in New Hampshire, and others who love liberty in New Hampshire have gotten activated by them, they've gotten out there and they've gotten active on all three of these issues, and it's made a difference. Oh, when you go to any of the uh, legislative actions on any of these three issues, and you look around, either a large number of, maybe even a majority of, the people who are in the room and active, they're free staters or people who kind of got woken up by the free staters. It's, I mean, these are, these are definitely cases where it's the free staters who are pushing the agenda. It's the free staters who are lighting a fire under stuff and making it happen. Um, no doubt about it. And, <laughs> I don't know how deep you want to touch this, but I look at these three things and say, you know what? We do well on any of these. That tells me that you concentrate some political activists and you see some political change. Yeah. It does seem to be that way. However, of course, uh, these are still working through the process. It was the the Senate that passed these three things today. Actually, excuse me, they didn't pass the seatbelt thing. They, they tabled, tabled that. It. And from what you've said in the past, uh, if something is tabled, it very rarely comes back off the table. So, the seatbelt thing, it, it turns out it, 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 this really could go either way. I, uh, I was talking to some insiders, some people who had been elected forever and, and knew the deal, uh, two months ago, they told me, oh, the seatbelt thing is a done deal. Look, you you know, lick your wounds, get over it, move on to the next thing. They're going to get what they want with a seatbelt bill. And we fought them basically to a standstill at this point. At this point, your senator in, over there in Keene, Molly Kelly, realized today that she did not have the votes, that if it came to a vote today in the Senate, she would lose and the seatbelt thing would die. So she's tabling it to do whatever kind of backroom deal she can. I see, and bring it back later. Bill. So, and this is, lar- I mean, we've got it to this point. We've clawed our way to this point with real guerrilla activism. I mean, people have been out flyering. People have been doing phone calls. I have to say that uh, SACL CAI has been involved in a way that is probably secret, but has been highly effective. Awesome. Uh, if you love freedom, 
you do love Seagull CAI. Well, if you love freedom, if you love freedom, you need to be here in New Hampshire and getting active because it's this is not a spectator sport. You right. don't get to Absolutely just sit back not. and and I mean you can, but you won't be any good. You won't be helping anybody, and you won't be able to uh, to look back on your past and say that you did a damn thing to uh, to assist anything. Whether you can get here or not, you should at least financially get behind some of these organizations like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, uh, Free Talk Live, or uh, the just CD Evolution Fund, CD Evolution. Org, a variety of different things that you can do from across the country and around the world. But the best thing you can do for liberty in your lifetime is to get here and get active. In fact, Jason Sorens was on uh, Freedom Watch today, and he did a darn fine job uh, promoting the Free State Project on the the Fox Television Internet show Freedom Watch. Did you happen to catch that, Dennis? I haven't had a chance to see that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, so some progress and some some real uh, good possibilities as far as uh, medical marijuana soon in New Hampshire. That's gonna. I think that's gonna attract a lot of people here and uh, be a very uh, kind of a big beacon to some of the activists out there. Of course, uh, civil unions, marriage uh, for uh, for gay people coming out. That's looking good as well. And uh, you guys are behind a lot of this over there at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, Dennis. Your website nhliberty.org. What else did you have to share with us? tonight anything on your mind i just gotta say this is fun stuff this is you start doing this stuff it's it's fun it's addictive politics is the blood sport of new hampshire <laughs> thanks for the call tonight dennis i uh, appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 so you can bring up whatever's on your mind and it's just it is exciting being here because the activism is so amazing and it's so it's all inspiring. I mean, coming up at the end of this week, there's going to be a huge activist uh, opportunity with uh, Andrew Carroll, one of the activists up here who was arrested back in January for possessing marijuana. He did that out in public. He publicly announced that he was going to be possessing marijuana. He did it. The police came, arrested him for it. He's been charged with a misdemeanor. He is, and he's been covered in Cannabis Culture magazine as a result of this. He he wrote up his own uh, editorial piece, and they published that, and they talked about what happened to him, and of course the video of it. Has been has gotten quite a few views over at uh, at YouTube, and now he is going to be on trial this Friday. And at the same time, and we're not sure how they're going to handle this because both trials are scheduled for the same time. Are they going to have a second judge there to try to split the activists between two courtrooms? Not sure exactly what their uh, their plan is. But uh, the other activist who's going to be on trial on Friday is Mike Barsky, who was arre- was arrested for organizing an, a festival. Organizing a public gathering of individuals, essentially assembly without a permit, I believe, is the is the charge there. And so he'll be on trial as well. And the activists are going to be pouring it's funny, out. They must have a different constitution than I have. It's this. They don't have a constitution. They just do whatever they want. And and uh, so the activists will be pouring out for those reasons. And on top of all that, this is the same court that arrested and threw our friend Sam in jail for videotaping in the lobby. And a month before that, they arrested Dave Ridley, another activist from RidleyReport.com, for videoing in that same lobby. So tomorrow, I understand, or not tomorrow, rather, Friday, which is when all this is going down... Uh, it's my understanding that there are there are going to be more activists doing more camera related civil disobedience in this court. So there may very well be you know a handful of people going to jail. I hear there's going to be some costumes too. I hear there's going to be a six foot uh, camera costume. So <laughs> it should be very interesting. Will it work? Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but it will be interesting. There's going to be a protest out front for an hour prior to, or an hour an hour to an hour and a half prior to the trials. The activists will then go upstairs, uh, and who knows what will transpire. Of course, we'll bring it to you here 
on Free Talk Live. And uh, Freekeen.com, of course, has uh, audio, video, and blogs and all the latest on what's happening out here. 800-259-9231. What's going on where you are? Surely there's some exciting activism you can tell us about, right? This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Coming up, Wayne, you're going to tell us about your encounter with a census worker. They've started coming around already. Uh, They're not even supposed to start the census until next year. We'll talk first, though, to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Paula? Well, I was talking about this hate bill that they're trying, they're going to put through the house. Hmm. And they mentioned on the news that uh, uh, any religious talk would be considered hatred. They said that on the news? Yeah. And that so any I mean, religious uh, talk? Well, I call representative. What news did they, you, uh, were you watching? Uh, I think it was CNN or Fox News, one hmm. or the other. Okay. But anyway, I called representatives about it, and they said, well, it's not even in here. I said, well, why did the news people even mention it for then? And I said, maybe you need to contact them. You know, but I mean, I was just totally shocked that, you know, it said that. Hmm. Well, I've heard that they there is, uh, you know, something out there, and I don't know, I, have, I haven't in, uh, investigated it thoroughly, but yeah, it's certain, like, they, what the concern is, is that certain things that pastors might say on Sunday, if, for instance, they, they think that uh, homosexuality is uh, immoral or something like that, could be considered as, as uh, a hate crime. Now, Paula, why do you have to go and get into that? I mean... What? Regardless, yeah, but, re, but you know, regardless of how you feel about that, the point is we I mean, do have freedom I don't of speech. Anybody because of it, but I mean, the thing about it is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. However, um, you would agree that the Bible has been, uh, it, it's a mistranslation of a mistranslation. It's been through a lot of hands over a lot of years, yeah. been used yeah, by a lot of ruling my people. My family helped decipher the Bible for King James, oh, and it was in I my think family. Decipher might, not, might not be the right word at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, they, we found out it was misworded. Okay, who, who's we? Out, you know, with the new, you know, thing they went back to original scriptures of, of different languages, and my family was right. So they weren't. They, they said that they weren't sure what they were, you know, deciphering. So in that case, then how can you look at the uh, the Bible as any sort of arbiter of what is right well, and not, wrong? I mean, not every bit of it was misworded, but I mean, you know. But like how do you know what was and what wasn't? Well, when you go, you over, don't. You, know, re, you read the new one and you and you read the old one, and then you can see. 
you know, what's, what's You can read different. Hebrew, uh, Hebrew, Paula? Huh? You can read Hebrew? Wasn't uh, it written in Hebrew? I mean, the thing is that, uh, uh, you know, that my family was saying, well, you know, they, they weren't sure, you know, what they were, they didn't understand a lot of these different languages. And so anyway, that's when I got in touch with the church, and I told them, I said, hey, I said, y'all need to do something about this. So, so wait a minute, why, wasn't you know, it written in Hebrew, Mark? Wasn't the Bible written in Hebrew? Well, parts right? of it. There was Greek and Hebrew. Greek and, and Hebrew, okay. You know. Aramic. So you've Aramic. never read yeah. the, the original Bible then, right, Paula? Huh? You've never read the original Bible, right? You personally. I mean, I've, I've got the King James Version, yeah. Right, but you've well, never read the actual Bible. If, it was, if the King James Version was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Yeah, You're being facetious, I mean, you know, right? The, the thing is, there are laws that we have to follow, and right now we're under judgment because of this. Who's we? All of us? All of God's children. Read Jeremiah 30. No, I, I can't. It's just intolerable. Yes, you can. To it's because <laughs> now, exactly why? what we're going through right now. Whoa, wait, what, okay, who's under judgment for all of what? We are, all right, God says we are Judah. We are his children. And he says we cannot go unpunished. What do okay. we do? What kind of God is this, anyway, Paula? I mean, what kind because of all-knowing... Wait a minute, Paula, is, is God all-loving? Yes, he is. Okay, he what kind of all... all see, this is what I don't... This is one of the many contradictions of the, uh, the Christian religion. What kind of all-loving God would create something that would need to be punished? He created laws for us to follow. And the thing is, this was to keep us right. And I mean, the thing is, has that it worked? God's children have not been following the laws, and this is what we're under punishment for. Is it some kind of weird, uh, sadistic game to where a God, who is this perfect creature, that uh, this entity that has the ability to, you know, to create whatever it is that uh, that she uh, wants to create, everything, huh? He perfected everything for us. He but you're saying it's for. not perfect because you're saying that uh, his creation or her creation or whatever, its creation is uh, essentially violating the rules that it's set up. Not for all the- of them are. Just some of the children are. I mean, we're all God's children. And I mean, the thing is, he wants us to be... He wants us to be right, you know, and, and, and do it like we should. But the thing is, a lot of us children are. Matter of fact, 9-11 was even what, in the Bible. What kind of punishments is this God of yours going to mete out to people who don't uh, follow all the rules? Read Jeremiah 30. No, I've got you on the phone, Paula. You have to explain it to me because I'm not going to read anything on the air. Okay. All right. You know, they've been talking about a shortage of food. Okay. Yeah. This is part of it. Okay. Okay. When the 9-11, he said, you have turned your back on me. And he says... We have become evil and corrupt. And he said, I put a grievous wound on you that there is no medicine for. So you're and saying the punishment... That's 9-11? So, yeah, it was in the Bible. So you're fact, saying the punishments you, for not following the rules minute, are right now? It tells you further on in Jeremiah 30 about the towers being rebuilt, okay? And uh, the, they're in the process... Look, I don't want to talk that. about 9-11, Paula. I, I'm not interested in that. What well, I'm interested in knowing about is, are you saying that these punishments are not some sort of eternal... Uh, okay, let me explain Hold on, else. Paula. Let me ask the question, and you can explain. But I'm okay. asking you, are you saying that the punishments you're referring to, they are happening right now in this yeah. life, or will be yeah. happening after this life? They're happening now. So, so if all of a sudden everybody starts to obey the rules that you say they should obey, then everything would be cool then, right? You would follow God's laws, which they're wonderful laws. I mean, everything would be fine. But the thing is, he said, we have turned our back on him. And he says, we have become evil and corrupt. And matter of fact, Israel's under judgment, too. All right. 
And Paula, thanks for the call as always. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Mark, I'm surprised you didn't have much to say on that. You know, as I, a former uh, Christian, uh, somebody who spent years in uh, Christian school. You know, what about I, this whole uh, perfect God thing and... Uh, the, well, if, the idea if he's a, that he if he's needs a perfect, to beat out punishments. If he's a perfect God, then um, you know the, the question is, how could he inc- uh, create an imperfect thing? Um, also, he's supposed to be the same yesterday as uh, today and forever. And well, yeah, not so much. All you have to do is look at the Old Testament God versus the New Testament. Big God. differences, right? Yeah, lots of big differences. And uh, you know, <laughs> the 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 you know the way he was the God of Israel versus now he's the God of everybody. How did that happen? Um, yeah, I, it's all very right. Why, what, what, Go ahead, Wayne. Sorry. I was going to say there's a lot of man-made uh, stuff in there. And, yes. and so And so much of it has to do with people in power at the time that used religion to control people. That's correct. Uh, now, of course, government does it and corporations do it and all that, but and banks. But back then, the people in power used religion. So they, they tried to tell people things that would keep them in line. It makes sense. And I think and sure. then you look at all the different translations over the years of the Bible. That's changed as well. And, of, of course, it goes back to controlling people. So, do I believe in God? Yeah, I guess I do, but I, I, I don't, do too. I just don't think God. he's a mean, nasty guy yeah, who kills yeah. every man, woman, and child down to the sheep and AI. That's right. And it doesn't mean that you can't read the Bible and, and, and read some things that make sense in there, that, that might make sense to you. That might, there might be, there's, there's snippets of truth everywhere. Even sure. in, in the biggest liar in the world is going to tell the truth once in a while. But, but um, I have a real problem, like you do, with all these people preaching this stuff that really don't sit down and think things through. It's just so, right. I mean, they haven't even taken a, a close look at it, even a, a cursory look at some of the obvious contradictions. I mean, let's take the whole uh, Satan thing. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are are just living their lives in fear of the the idea that the, that if they die and they haven't done X, Y, or Z, that they're going to go and burn in some eternal fire, a pit of torment, and you know this devilish uh, character is going to uh, be the one tormenting them. <laughs> and of course, the story goes. And remember, we're we're told that God is perfection, right? I mean, you'd have to be. You're God. Uh, and that he's all loving. And so that he created this uh, Lucifer, who was his right-hand man or left-hand man or whatever, and fell from grace, right? The angel the fell from grace. Yes. And then, uh, you know, that's what became Satan, allegedly, right? Am I wrong so far? Sounds about right. That's the yep. story? Okay, well, if God is all-powerful, as a God should be, if God has the ability to uh, d- to control the creations that uh, that she makes, then why not just go, oh, falling from grace? Well, boop, you're gone. Why couldn't God uncreate what it was that uh, that was created? I mean, it just none of it follows. Well, the, the idea is is that He has a perfect plan. Uh, the story that He's going to create, and in, in the in the process of it, um, you and I are pawns in His perfect story. And would a perfect, loving being really make people His pawns? He knew it all from the very beginning. Or the, would lo, would a loving being time. subject those uh, people and those things to uh, eternal torment? I mean, that's crazy. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com features including the live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. 
www.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook. That's free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You're not going to get the free one if you just meander on over there. You've got to go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Very good. As we continue with your phone calls, we'll go to Eric in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Eric. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Eric? Um, well, before I get to what I called about, I just don't want to mention on Audible, uh, I just got the uh, full underbridge 63-hour version of Atlas Shrugged. Wow. Because I don't have time to read that, and uh, I figure it's a good value. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, it's a plenty. It's a plenty big book. You can certainly get thinner books, uh, um, you know, there for free. So Atlas Shrugged is probably a really good choice. Nice. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I'd like to uh, real quick answer the question you had asked Paula. As crazy as I think she is, sometimes I think she deserves to be stood up for every now and then. All right. Uh, so if you want to restate your question, I'll go ahead and try and answer. I don't know. Uh, there was probably a handful of questions. So if you can restate my question, that'll be good. It was probably about uh, having a loving God. So- uh, and, yeah, the, and go ahead. Yeah, how can a loving God uh, want to put, to put its uh, creations that through which are supposed to be perfect through eternal torment? Okay. Um, well, I, I think that uh, uh, actually, you were, I think it's something around the, uh, about uh, a perfect God creating an imperfect world as well. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, God gave us the gift of free will uh, by putting the the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he gave Adam and Eve a choice. Uh, and by giving them that choice, he gave them free will. And so I think the overall plan was for him to get, you know, worshipers uh, who chose him of their own free will. He didn't want mindless automatons just following him because he said But it doesn't, it, that doesn't answer the question as to if, if, the, if she is all loving, then why would it, uh, or whoever, why would God, this all loving God, create a potential for eternal torment? Can you explain that one? Um, I, to give you the choice. That's not again. all loving. That's that's not all loving. That's I'll love you as long as you do exactly as I say for you to do. Kiss my foot, I won't push no. you off the cliff. No, if if and again, I am not a practicing Christian by any means. Well, then you're no fun to have call and try to explain these things. <laughs> well, I need somebody who believes this stuff. From what I recall from my lessons in church, uh, he wants you to choose them of your own free will. He doesn't say. You know, you have to do this, But that's this, this, not this, all this. loving, Eric. Do you understand that? If he's all loving, that means that when you make the wrong choice, you would be forgiven for that. See? Uh, that would be all loving, not so. You've screwed up. True. Now you burn forever. True. And I'm just okay. giving you, you know, what I was taught. Okay. Very uh, good. What else were you calling about? I, I wanted to, you were talking about the, uh, that First Amendment case, uh, the, the fleeting expletives uh, yeah. the other night. That's correct. Uh, the FCC is able to fine radio stations and television broadcasters uh, for fleeting expletives, as according to the Supreme Court. Right, because it's to protect the children. Mm, so they say. Yes. Well, I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. Uh, and uh, I, you know, practically speaking, they're going to hear this language. There's no stopping it, especially with the Internet. Eight years old, uh, she's probably heard, or he or she has probably already heard a number of I did at six. Yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, and so the other night, what my wife and I decided to do is pick one of the most uh, offensive language-filled films that we could think of Pulp and fiction. sit down and watch it with our kids. Uh, so we actually picked uh, uh, a different Samuel Jackson movie. We picked uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's a great uh, we, film. Yeah, well, you know, it, it gave us a lot of language to discuss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember the uh, the opening scene. There's an opening scene where <laughs> the bad guy makes him go down to the middle of Harlem. That is one uh, of the funniest. It's one of the funniest scenes uh, I, I think I've ever seen in in a movie where Bruce Willis is uh, essentially there's this mad bomber that uh, that forces Bruce Willis to go out onto the streets of Harlem wearing a sandwich board that has a very offensive message uh, printed on it. Right, and I won't reveal and, what it is because it's very offensive. Right, and but uh, you know we explained, we sat down, we paused the movie, and we explained all this to our children, uh, and that you know they know now that these are offensive terms, and that while me and, and their mother may not mind if they use you know maybe not the N word but you know the F word, that other people in society probably care a great deal if they use these words and that uh, they'll be offended by them. And I'd so, be offended hearing an eight-year-old use the F-bomb. <laughs> I'd be shocked so, at the very least. <laughs> so now my kids are not going to use these words, but not out of fear that they'll get punished by us, but out of politeness for others. And, and you know, that's the way to do it. That's the reason uh, for it. And, and it all comes back to it's not the government's job to parent my children. It's my job, and I did it. And it's not that hard. Well done, Eric. Thank you for sharing that tonight, and thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. You know, guys, I've, I've talked about prohibition, alcohol prohibition at my house, but we also have swearing prohibition. And my kids can't even say the substitute words for the swear words. So they can't say frack? <laughs> no darn? Yeah, they, can't, they can't say any of those things. So when wow, their friends no come over, I say, you can come on over, but no drinking and no swearing. Mm-hmm. Because the substitute words don't even go. But, you know, what I do is I, I will watch a movie with my son sometimes, and... You know, sometimes those words are used, and we talk about the fact that it doesn't sound too classy to say those words. So you really shouldn't say them. I mean, people, some kids think they're cool. Some adults think it's cool to say them. And I, I feel that, that you, you demean yourself in a way in, in many circles if you use them. You know, um, just as an example, and when I, I used to work at a, a magazine, a, a high-end magazine in Sarasota, Florida, and uh, my boss turned into one of my best friends in the world. And but I, I met him and sort of got to know him on, at a work on, at a sort of a, a work level. And then when he became when he started to become my friend, of course, you know, people in my age bracket, I'm 38, I think, seven, something like that. Nine. Uh, one, am I? I don't know. <laughs> I just kidding. Um, <laughs> What year is it? Yes, I am 38 years yeah. old. Um, no, I have that trouble too sometimes. Well, it changes every year, and and I got to hear him. Like people well, not got to, but he used the f bomb in just the course of uh, you know some conversation, and I was I was shocked and uncomfortable hearing my friend and uh, coworker and boss. Um, not that I ever really considered him my boss. I could leave at any time, <laughs> but my coworker to uh, use use that kind of terminology, um, and I just I just was uncomfortable and didn't like it and i in my house we you know we 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 have a rule against uh, swearing i don't like for i don't like to hear jack's mom use dirty language and she like probably just for that reason keeps me from doing it so we and i'm on you know i do a radio show i shouldn't be talking like that 
Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And that is the point of the program. 800-259-9231. And still to come, the census bureaucrats are on the loose, possibly in your neighborhood. Wayne will tell his story. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. This segment of uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Termco Life Insurance Agency, protecting your family against financial loss due to an untimely death, your untimely death. So you need to take care of your family even when things, you know, the world doesn't take care of you. Termco Life Insurance, call 800 800- 493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue. Take your phone calls about whatever you want. Alex is in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Now, in order for me to explain this uh, situation to you, I have to give you a little background context. And okay. I'll do that as quickly as I can. Uh, I went to a sports arena recently on Friday, and um, my friend was there from school. We'll call him Jeff. He um, explained to me that he had over $1,000 in cash on him. Okay. Not something uh, that you generally want to... I know I understand that he's your friend, that's, so that's probably okay, but generally not something you want to spread around to people. I, I explained to him that he would be best off um, putting it in a bank account, um, so that way that uh, people can't steal it except for the government. <laughs> yeah. And he thought that that was a good idea. So I drove him uh, after we were done that night. Um, drove him back. I was driving him back to his house, and I asked him where he got the money from. He said he got it from his grandparents, and his grandparents didn't want him um, to tell his parents about it because hmm. if his parents found out that he had that kind of money, they would immediately confiscate it. Whoa! What kind and of parents are these? The in, this is the point in the story where I tell you that his parents are of Indian descent. And in their culture, they are very strict in what um, they want for their son. So it's not that I he owes them money for something? I, yeah, uh, say that again? He doesn't owe them money or anything like that. This is some sort of family thing where that's just what happens? Uh, well, yeah, the, his, his parents are super strict, extremely strict, because that's how the Indian culture is. Mm-hmm. And um, But his grandparents know how strict his parents are, so they said, don't tell anyone about it. Yeah. So um, I asked him, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, my parents say that I have to be a doctor. Oh, gosh. I, That's horrible. Have a funny look. I said, excuse me. No, you, you, know, you can think for yourself. You can do whatever you want to do. So I'm trying to teach him a little carpe diem. I'm trying to teach him to think for himself. And Troublemaker. I'll ask, but I'll, do this, I'll ask him questions that just make him think about the world in different ways, give him new perspectives about government. And everything else. How old is this friend so, of yours? He uh, he is 16. Okay. So what I did was I took him to the bank, 
and we opened up a checking account. And you and he, he? You both? Yes. Yes. So if he you're if you're hold on a second, if you're over the age of eight, if you're eighteen or older, you can open an account with somebody who is not your uh, your relative. Yes. That's underage. Yes. Interesting. I didn't know that. So I went. Uh, he's the primary account holder. I am the secondary on the account, and uh, I, because I'm exactly eighteen, I uh, the account is valid. So this makes the money um, inaccessible to his parents, even if they do find out about it. Great now, job. I wanna, now, what I want to know from Mark is, Mark, as a parent, what do you feel about my actions of going behind his parents' back, et Good cetera, question. because I feel that he's able to make decisions for himself. However, his parents don't believe he's able to make decisions for myself. Moreover, uh, I think that himself, yeah. when I was his age, I was making decisions for myself because my parents, uh, to an extent, treated me like an adult. His parents don't treat him like an adult, and they make decisions for him. So I think that to, to a certain extent, he's not as mature as he could be. Um, what do you have to say about uh, me going behind his parents' back? You know, um, I'm sure I'm inconsistent on this. Uh, you, know. <laughs> you wouldn't be a good parent if you weren't somebody, inconsistent, right? Somebody can find some inconsistency. But as do far as, as I say, as far as, as I'm do, concerned, his, his parents has, have made their bed on this one. And it may be, there, it may be culturally um, that, that that's what they're taught to do. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the fact is... You, you know, he owns that money. It was given to him, and mm-hmm. he should be able to do what he wishes with it. But if he's living under his parents' roof, uh, wouldn't you say that the parents should be in total control of what happens with his life? Um, I, I, I think that you can set those rules. However, I think he should also be free to leave, and he's not. Um, he's not free to leave. Um, so, so you don't believe he is under any obligation to reveal this information to the parents? I don't. If he didn't receive the money in, an, in any kind of illicit fashion, he's not breaking the law, mm-hmm. uh, putting their house in jeopardy from uh, being searched by the the cops. If he earned this by selling drugs, you know, there's something entirely different. But um, in in this case, he got the money from his grandparents, yeah. and they you know they know about it. I think that uh, all you did was empower him from a legal fashion to do what he should be able to do already, which is put the money in a bank account. That's his money. Right. I think, however, now, what, my advice is that he should take the money out of the bank and buy a gold coin. Uh, yes, I, I did explain that to him, and uh, I said, you know, I'm not responsible if the government takes your money, but they're already taking your money if it's sitting in your pocket, unless, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I did tell him about that. So, But he says, you know, he'll keep it in the bank, so it's his money. I'm not going to force him. Uh, absolutely true. I, I'm just giving advice at this point. Yeah. Right, Bye. right. No, absolutely. Well so, done, um, Alex. What, what, Mark, if let's say that the, in a worst case scenario, the parents did find out, yeah, and they called me and they were screaming at me. What would um, you say if you were me? Um, I would say I won't talk to you parent. until you stop screaming. Well, that's that's the first thing, and um, is you know, I would tell them that look, as far as I can tell, this money was given to him by his grandparents. That's your mom and dad, and. Um, the, you know that money belongs to him. I will do what he wants me to do. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, the best. I, he is a free person to be able to make decisions. He's never going to be able to make decisions at 18 on his own unless he was able to able to make decisions at 16. And I, I am willing to do whatever he is willing to do. By the way, he will do, he will just tell you that um, it's time to take the money out and give it to his parents once they find okay. out. But um, I would, you know, that's where I would stand on it. Okay. Very good, what Alex. Any other thoughts? Uh, no. What do you think, though? 
I think you've done the right thing. I mean, you, you've, you're helping out your friend uh, do what he should do, and that is protect the money that uh, that he's legitimately been given. I, I I don't think you're in the wrong here at all. Wayne, your thoughts? Well, it's hard to say. I, now he's he's 16 years old. Mm-hmm, the friend. Okay. So he's not technically 18. So there there's so, some people would have a problem with that, and and I and I'm a little nudged by it because he's not really of age yet. But since his family members did give him the money, and you're just trying to protect. Uh, him from getting it taken by his parents and the fact his parents are so inflexible they're demanding that he become uh, a doctor when he may not want to be a doctor that's a little screwed up considering you're in america and not india so um i can understand you maybe intervening i may not have done that myself but i respect that there you have it thanks alex for the call 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line certain types of parenting are going to elicit certain types of responses absolutely this is this is a natural response the more that kind of uh, parenting the more open you are with your uh your kids the better and the the better your relationship is going to be in my opinion the more Mm. likely your uh, your kids are going to come to you with things that they need to talk about because the more uh, closed off you are the more prohibitive you are with your children the more likely they're going to be hiding even more than just a secret bank account. Uh, I mean, his parents should feel lucky that he's not out there snorting cocaine with that $1,000, you know? It's a testimony to to good parenting that he hasn't gone and swung that far. However, it's also a testimony to the fact that they're completely inflexible in the rules. They are no longer a resource as in, I mean, this is $1,000. That's a lot of jack for a 16-year-old. There's something to be feared. Hey, mom and dad, what should I do with all of this money? That's not being said. He's taking the money, he's hiding it from them, he's putting it into the bank account. Why? Because they won't let him make decisions. And that's a teaching opportunity for the parents. absolutely. They're they're passing up. The other thing with people, I've spoken with some people from India, is that a lot of them do arranged marriages, too, which is another cultural thing that's very different here. 1-800-259-9231. Apparently they want to arrange his career, which I also find disturbing, and hopefully he will decide for himself what he wants to do, rather than follow the path that his parents uh, that would be satisfying to them. That is not what anybody should do, is to attempt to satisfy their parents. They should be satisfying themselves. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then learn how to promote Free Talk Live at promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. A whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the country and around the world. All at promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, it's Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, uh, first, really quickly, before I get into what I was going to talk about, uh, I am... I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I have been unemployed since uh, February. I've worked in the oil field, which is one of the most volatile industries you can work in, the energy industry. Okay. And uh, I am now once again gainfully employed. God bless. And because of this, I mean, that's good news anyway, but yeah. because of this, I am now going to become an amplifier, the advertised market and promote program that you guys well, have ingeniously set up. You can do that at amp.freetalklive.com. Great way to get behind the show and help us uh, spread Free Talk Live. And to celebrate That's gainful employment. Yeah. So what else <laughs> is on right. your mind tonight, Steve? Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys, one of you said 
and the other one agreed with, so it doesn't matter which one said it, a few weeks ago, that um, if you don't use a right, you're going to lose that right. So is, is there agreement among the, the panel this evening that that is so? Pretty much true. Okay. Yeah. So specifically gearing towards Mark, uh, <clears throat> do you believe that you have the right to burn a flag? Um, <laughs> I do have the right to burn a flag, yes. It's a right to private property. I mean, I... I, I don't. Right. I, I'm not for flag burning. I am against it. I also believe that I have the right to be sodomized. However, I'm not going <laughs> to exercise that one either. <laughs> hey, man, that's a really good comeback. <laughs> yeah, nine years yeah. in prison, didn't exercise it then, and I think I'm going to just. I'm going to let that one go. So he says. Who would say like anything that. different, right? Yeah. Well, what I often do is I call you guys with with things that maybe I might plan on saying during the course of a casual debate. And then I, you guys are so good with the comebacks that I, sometimes what I do is I call up playing devil's advocate uh, as one as a debate dep- uh, opponent of mine might, you know, retort. So uh, God so, wins again? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys got it. So, so in general, what is the feeling about flag burning there among you guys? I suspect. Well, I can tell you that I am. Uh, I, I am. Completely against it. Um, not from a mm-hmm. patriotic standpoint, although I I do love the the colors red, white, and blue, and I I drink yes. my coffee every morning out of a Captain America coffee cup, and I am a Captain America collector. I, I like. I love Captain America. I, I'm all, all for him. Now I would say that Captain America in the comic books has always been somebody who stands for the principles of liberty, and has in fact t- uh, you know stopped wearing the Captain America outfit when he felt that uh, you know racism and bigotry and and uh, you know the government had turned against black people or something like that. I, I mean, on right. multiple occasions, he has uh, stopped wearing the Captain America outfit in protest. But um, he, I, I just don't think it is in any way helpful. I don't think. Uh, you that, know what? That's that's kind of what I'm thinking of. It's I, I just don't think it's constructive, and I think that um, uh, at well, best it, it is burning it's something. So <laughs> it is right. destructive by well, nature. Right. Well, that's true. But at best, it's it's I think pointless. And what I mean by that is that talking about liberty. And writing about liberty is is obviously going to help a lot more than some you know some wild eyed guy burning a flag. Well, and then and then at worst it's uh, it's just going to piss somebody off. Right. And the thing is, is it's one of those things that can easily be misinterpreted by uh, the the people that wish to misinterpret things. Um, the, yes. the 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 media can take oh look the flag burning. They're not going to get they're not going to get that uh, two or three minute speech beforehand about how this is my protest against uh, no. you know the, the, the whatever uh, the, the the you know the voting system or, or whatever it is is all they've got is some as far as they've at that point you're just some wild eyed loon burning the flag yeah. and um, you're smearing wh- whomever the, um, you know the media can smear with you right yes wayne yes. your thoughts on flag burning <clears throat> it's something it's not something i would do but I, I agree i think i don't think you're really going to get your point across doing that because there's always those people offended by it and it's it's a very divisive issue i, I don't think i would go there myself uh for me when it actually happened here a few months ago in Keene, i re- i re- at first reluctantly supported it and then later on i uh, felt a little better about supporting it because I thought it was done uh, in as as good a taste as one could have done it. Uh, it wasn't done with vitriol and uh, and hatred. It was done, I think, intelligently. But uh, Mark is correct. Obviously, if you're being if it's being filmed for a news package uh, that's going to appear at the eleven o'clock news, you're going to get fifteen seconds at best. Uh, if any, if they even show anything that you that you actually said, I think that uh, to me, uh, I I find the flag to be a, 
offensive. Uh, it's it's a symbol of the union. Uh, it's a symbol of the federal government, and it's a symbol of centralized power and control, command and control, authority, kind of uh, authoritarian state. And I, I have no love whatsoever for uh, for symbolism like that. So I can right. appreciate. I come from the you know that position of uh, being able to appreciate uh, a good flag burning. However, I do understand why people uh, would find it a less than effective now, form of activism. Now hold on. I'd, I'd like to point out that I have burned flags before. You have? I've just not burned American flags. What before. flags have you burned? The UN flag. UN. Oh, that's I true. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. And you know, yep. uh, and there, there's no there's no level of activism that you can get involved in at a visible level and not offend somebody right so yes, but <laughs> like the idea is is to get to to, to benefit more than one uh, you know is is a detriment and i do think i'm of the opinion that uh, american flag burning is far more the detriment than it is a benefit i just don't see how it is beneficial tell me a well, benefit right well what i what i do though what what i do do is I, I have an upside-down flag on the back of my truck, and I have gotten the one-finger salute. Oh, yeah, that's going to offend people, too. Anything yep. that you do with the flag is that's not by the protocols that they've set up for handling the flag mm-hmm. is inevitably going to offend somebody. So if you're concerned about offending people in your activism, then you should probably just stay home and not do whatever it is you are planning on doing. And I yep. think that... Uh, Has the upside-down flag achieved anything? Have you uh, managed to... No, to- not really. Maybe you should it's rethink a, it. It's then. a minor annoyance to the Archie Bunker types, but it but it has maybe I shouldn't say that because it it has some people have very calmly said what's this all about and I've explained it to them you know why I have it upside down. I think that Supposedly, those are the benefits kind of right there. When somebody strikes up a conversation and, and that would answer your question earlier, Mark, is what what were the benefits of the flag burning? There were conversations that were started and most of them will, were civil. Uh, yeah, there were a handful of people that that came by the event and decided to, to be offended uh, on that day, but that's their choice. And uh-huh. they could have had a conversation with uh, with people, and these are you know these are the same people that are also not going to listen if if you're doing anything that is. These are the same people that don't them. give a flying flip right now whether Sam's in jail, and therefore you don't have a community outrage when you have the largest arrest of liberty activists in history. People don't give and a, a flying flip period about most anything outside their lives. You can't say whether it would have happened or not. I mean, here's a guy who's gotten arrested over videoing um, in a courthouse. I mean, that's that is what most Americans could get behind. No, however. It's not the fact yeah, that the Kiniacs, I, I don't. I'm only you making don't a speculation. Know what most exactly. Speculation, just like you. Well, the Freakiniacs have painted themselves as flag burning, oh, loud morons. Stop it. Sorry, now, Mark. Give me a break. Sorry. First of all, number one, most people oh, don't even know what Freakine is. They have no idea what in, that in is. In the town of Keene, most people. What? In the town of Keene, they do. No, they don't. And you guys are Most on the radio. You're, you've been on the television. Most people don't pay attention to the issues. They don't pay attention to politics. I think you're giving people way too much credit for paying attention to what goes on around them. They sure will pay attention Most- to a flag getting burned. If they happen to be driving by, most of them, uh, most people in America are completely apathetic to anything outside of their own lives. If it doesn't affect them, they don't care about it. And as far as what happened with Sam, it's not speculation. Go read the comments on the Free Keen forum if you want. Now, these are people that obviously do know what uh, what Free Keen is, and they have seen what what uh, some of the things we've been uh, we've been doing. And uh, they may maybe they did or didn't see uh, the flag burn thing, but there's this uh, this mentality of well if it's against the law then uh then I'm against whatever you did so it wouldn't have mattered the the flag burnings in in my opinion is not a factor here 
uh, there's there was also a comment on that same article that said that I was for the free staters when um, when they got here, but then I found them to be a bunch of loudmouth flag burners, and that you know, I mean, sounds to me like somebody. Yeah, I don't at the think very... that comments there. You find that comment for me. I saw the comment that said uh, I was for them, and then I turned against them, but I don't believe it. I bet you the flag, flag was a was integral part of that. Well, whatever. Anybody can write anything on a comment blog, but what no, I'm well, telling well, you... Now, you were just using I'm that same thing is, as proof, and now when I pull something out otherwise that's I'm against what you, you have to say... You, you, what? All I'm telling you is it wasn't speculation that there is a very real law and order mentality in this country, and you know there is, Mark, so don't deny it. It's if legal to burn says, flags in this country, if a judge, I'm not talking about flag burning. I'm saying that uh, the, the attitude of people towards this activism that you said... We're not talking about flag burning. We're talking about what happened with Sam. You said people should be in favor of what Sam did. Well, no. People don't know what the Constitution is. They don't care about what the Constitution says. They care about that a judge said you can't have cameras, so therefore you shouldn't have cameras. And if you try to pull out a camera when the judge said you can't have a camera, then you should go to jail. There's plenty of people that support that mentality, and they're out there. Thanks, Stephen, for the call. 800-259-9231. By those people's measurements, anything that you do that's outside of their system and their regimented rules is an outrage to them. Get anybody on your side by burning Free the talk flag. Live. I didn't. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching in hour number three of the show. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. And as we continue, talk about the census. You may have seen them. The bureaucrats uh, have been walking neighborhoods with GPS devices, apparently, trying to locate houses, uh, add them to uh, maps or something like that. I don't know exactly what the GPS devices are for, but it has something to do with the location of your house. We know that that much. I saw them the other day uh, across the street from me. They never ended up coming to my side of the street, at least not that I noticed, and I, I kind of have a windows view to the world uh, from my office as I make my phone calls to radio stations during the day. And so this older gentleman uh, was wearing, and I don't know, you have to tell me, Wayne, if they were dressed the same way when they were walking around uh, your neighborhood, but he was wearing like a, a Essentially vest. a construction neon yellow orange vest. Yes. And uh, carrying a bag that said U.S. Census Bureau on it. And I don't don't know too much. I think maybe it had a clipboard. And I didn't, I didn't see the GPS unit, but again, I, I didn't get close to the guy. And I was ready for him to come up to, uh, to my front door. I grabbed sure. my, I grabbed my, uh, my new HD video camera and uh, was, was prepared. I was going to, to ask some questions uh, about the constitutionality, not the constitutionality, but the, um, the obligation. You know, what, what obligation do I have to participate with this? And I, didn't be, I don't want to be mean to the guy. He's just some probably uh, you know, some know-nothing bureaucrat that's just been hired to go walk around neighborhoods. Uh, but nonetheless, it would have been interesting to uh, to see that happen. Eventually, they will come house to house, and uh, I will be prepared. But what happened to you, Wayne? And I wanted to add to that that a lot of these people are temp- temporary workers who right. are yes. just being hired for the, the census. Now, normally they come around once just to get a count, and sometimes they'll give you the long form, which a lot of people objected to back in 2000. But this time, there's sort of a pre-census process going on where 
they're trying to verify all these addresses, especially in rural areas with relatively new houses and, and, su- and such. But they're trying to ver- verify virtually every address in America. And wow. what they're doing is they're shooting the GPS coordinates right by your front door, hmm. right at your front door, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. So you can Disturbing. see, that, yeah. So you can see that there are some people who are afraid that maybe this could be used for nefarious purposes down the road. It's been used for nefarious purposes in the past. Right. Uh, ask, they used, ask the interred Japanese Americans right. uh, on the West Coast. Right. That's, they used census data in order to find them. If yeah, they, and that was a, in the 40s. Yeah, if they had a Japanese surname, off they went. And there were also some people who were at the tea parties uh, back on the 15th who are a little concerned that maybe they're being targeted because uh, it seems like that there's been I've been reading some chatter on the Internet about that. But in my case, I was actually out in my yard last week talking with one of my neighbors, and, and the woman came up my driveway and said, hello, I'm with the Census Bureau. I said, oh, do you need to know how many people are in the house? She says, no. She says uh, she just wanted to verify the address. I'm not going to give them that information. Yeah, well, well she did. And so then she, she had this little handheld. She went, beep, 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 beep. Okay, thank you. And drove mm-hmm. off. And then went up my neighbor's driveway. So you gave her the address? Um, it was right there. I mean, I see. It was right, it was right there so it wasn't like i was going to lie about it or anything but uh it, it is what it is but i found it so i you know at first i, th- I thought to myself because i was talking to my neighbor so i didn't think much of it but i i thought later on well what's this what's going on here so i started doing some searching online mm-hmm. and found that there are a lot of people very concerned and evidently this started back in 2005 2006 the gps thing the gps thing and and it's they're stepping it up now and there's been a lot of concern that the obama administration wants to take over the administration of the census, which could have political motivations, I don't know. And hmm. But but uh, the fact that they're shooting the GPS coordinates of your front door is a little weird. You know, that that's a little bit big brother. Yeah, something to, something to set you on edge, that's for sure. I mean, but it, people should be concerned, number one, that they're asking a whole bunch of questions. I mean, the, the census has it's grown. Has grown and grown and grown. Well, no. It's not unconstitutional, yes. right? The, the Constitution doesn't, says, doesn't say they can't ask more questions. But it says that they can do a, an accounting of the individuals. It's specific as to what they can do. Right. Well, they're accounting the individuals and asking a whole bunch of questions. I mean, what's wrong with Sorry. asking questions? It, well, anything that's, not a, anything that's not outlined in the Constitution is unconstitutional. It says so in the Tenth Amendment. Yeah. Well, so, people, okay, you're right. Yeah, a lot of people kind of are weirded out by the fact that they're trying to use the census as a, as a guise to get in the door to take the, the GPS coordinates of your front door. And I guess, uh, you know, no trespassing signs are not going to work because they're, they're using the U.S. Code, Chapter 7, Subtitle 2, Section 223, Title 13. What's that, allow them to go anywhere they want to go? It basically outlines the penalties for any citizen refusing to assist a census taker. What are those penalties? Don't know. I'm, well, I'd like to know because uh, I'll be facing them because I'm not going to assist them in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I will uh, actively let them know I'm not participating with them. Right, because I'm not I'm not interested in answering the one question. Now I know there are going to be a lot of people who are going to make a stand, a constitutional stand, and when the census comes around, they're going to say, "I'll give you one answer, three. You know, the the, the constitutional question is how many people are in this domicile right. or this uh, this household. And that and, and you know something, I have no problem with that. I do. It's none of their damn business. I didn't sign the Constitution. It's not my agreement. My name isn't on that. So even saying that, well, it's a constitutional question, so you have to answer it. No, it's not my question to answer. Well, um, it, it, you know, you, you uh, have, a, have quite a stand there. However, you live in a house that's more than 100 years old. So yeah. you're far less likely to meet a census worker, whereas Wayne and I both live mean? in... 
What do you mean? We're you less live, in, you live in town. They I, come around to everybody, don't no, they? No, they do not. They don't? No. They go. They take a random sampling of people, except really? new residences. Both oh. Wayne and I live in houses that have been constructed within the last 10 years. Interesting. I thought they did every single house. No, they're not going to bother the loudmouth. <laughs> but, you know, I respect your right to refuse that. But I have no problem with telling them how many people live in my house. But that's, that's all they're supposed to get. Because it, it's basically to uh, ascertain what the population is to draw up the congressional districts. Well, I think that one should, what one should do in that circumstance is one should videotape the census worker saying, um, if I give you the information that is constitutional, you trade the information that you have. If I give you the information that's constitutional, will you go away and not, not come, come back? Because they will come back. They'll call the supervisor, and then the supervisor will come out and threaten you. With and guns. They'll right. Guns. They'll try guns to escalate the situation. They'll try to scare you. They'll try to uh, to to claim that there'll be a fine to pay. And I don't know if they're going to th- claim jail time. I know that uh, Bile from blogabile.com has had experience in refusing participating with the census. And he says that uh, there's a fine of upwards of five thousand dollars. But he claims that they won't actually do it. Like they're going to try to scare you into believing that they will. Uh, but then they won't actually end up doing it. And besides, how do they know who you are anyway? Are they going to find the household $5,000? I suppose they could. They're the government. They can do whatever it is they want to do, right? And they don't know who's answering the door unless you tell them who you are. Yeah, the problem is owning your property at that point. The problem is, oh, you mean like owning. them putting a lien on a yes. lien on the house or something? So, uh, well, they, yeah, that would be interesting, leaning a house because somebody didn't answer a question on the census. Sounds bizarre. Well, it could and, happen. And, of course, they had that random long form that they used back in 2000, which a lot of people just said, none of your business, none of your business, none of your business. But th- what they're supposed to get is a count, and that's it. That's what they're supposed to do is count. They're not supposed to ask you what your race is. They're not supposed to ask you any of that stuff. It's just a count of how many people are in that hmm. district, and that's it. Wow, I had no idea the census was a random sampling thing. I thought they really did go house to house. I think they're trying to make it more accurate. I, I think they're trying to save money and, and all that, but there's there's other people who speculate that you know this stuff can be once they have the coordinates of your house. Of course, if they've got some secret laser beam weapon, they can shoot you from outer space. Who knows what that is? Who yeah, it's a little it? paranoid. I mean, they yeah. can get your they can get your house coordinates anyway. There are already satellite maps of the entire country, so it'd be just a matter of uh, pointing at the satellite map digitally and figuring out what the longitude and lat- latitude of uh, your house is. Yes. So we continue with your calls. Dana is, or Dana rather, is on the line in Texas. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how hey. are y'all? Hey, well, great. What's on your mind? Well, you brought up something. I had something else in my mind, but you brought up the census typing, so I'll mention it first. Sure. Have you guys ever heard or read of a book called IBM and the Holocaust? Yes, I have. Black? Yes, I have. Well, yeah, okay, go ahead. That kind of brings into light why they're wanting to know what they're wanting to know with the census stuff. I think because so much truth of what happened with IBM and the corruption in our government that allowed the IBM to be involved in all of the head counting and who was in which house and what address because that number off of each of those IBM punch cards was the number that was tattooed on all of the Holocaust prisoners. We're going to bring you back here in moments. Hang on, Dana. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, including those features, by the way, include uh, archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience going back for an entire year at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early-out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, Dana is back with us in Texas. Dana, go ahead and continue with your thoughts. You were talking about uh, how IBM was involved uh, behind the scenes at the Holocaust, during the Holocaust, uh, essentially providing them with the technology they needed to effectively process and kill millions of people. And identify who the Jewish people were. That's right. And, 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 um, and, I was going to say, even the surrounding countries. The, they provided the equipment, the key-punch data drums. And as Hitler took more of Europe progressing westward, he took, if you read about his progression, maybe you already know it, he uh, was insistent on doing census taking all the time, all the time. Every time they would take over another country, he wanted to know where everybody was, what religion they were, how many were in the household. As entered, each person had an IBM punch card assigned to them. And that number that was issued by the punch card machine is the number that was tattooed on the concentration camp victims. And that's where the number came from, that everybody has talked about, you know, the, the Holocaust victims. And mm. what this is reminding me of is what's going on here. They want to know, right now they're starting with how many people are in a household, as y'all are talking about. Right. You know, getting, and, and then they'll come back with something else. Then they'll come, so they won't do it all at one time. They'll piecemeal it together. And oh, no, they do it all at once, don't they? They give you a uh, whole well, long, lengthy to, form to fill I'm out. Hearing, well, they used to, but from what I'm hearing now, it's just like you guys were talking about verifying the address right now. Then somebody else will come back and want something else later. You know, that's what y'all were saying, verifying the address and the number of people in the household at that address. It's rather, cl- it's, yeah, and it's rather, well, it's rather clever that they actually will introduce themselves and get you comfortable with them and then maybe establish trust and then come back for some more information later. That, that makes sense. But I was going to also say that, that uh, a lot of the surrounding countries around Germany that were taken over by the Nazis, the countries that took the, had the best records on their citizens were the ones where the most Jewish people were killed. Right, right, because they knew where they were. They Thank you, they Dana, were, for the they, call. They, they also well, knew what religion and race they were, too. Let's continue with uh, David in Texas. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? David, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I actually think that the government is uh, making all this swine flu up. I think uh, they spreaded the virus, and uh, I, I just think the government is trying to kill thousands of people. Well, why haven't they done a very good job? Of, I mean, I understand the government tends to suck at most everything they do, but one thing they are good at is killing people. I mean, they're pretty yeah. good at blowing things up and causing destruction, in which case I have to ask, why is it that uh, there have only been a handful of deaths from the swine flu thing? And they, There was a, a report that said that it wasn't in the hundreds, it was like seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, well, uh, like, history does repeat itself, you know. I mean, thousands and thousands have died because of human influenza. Oh, so now you're suggesting that the government has created the flu period, not just the swine flu? Uh, Basically, that's what I'm believing. Now, did the government create bubonic plague? Uh, No, 
Okay, no. so it, the government doesn't create all diseases that kill a bunch of people, just the ones that have happened within the last how long? Uh, I'd say Zenu did all this within the past hundred years. <laughs> He's, well, you he know was what? a hell of a guy. Well, you know, there's been a lot of uh, biological warfare research done by our government as well as other governments around the world. And, yeah. and see, they're, they're still trying to muck around <laughs> with Mother Nature, and who knows if, if, if they've tried and it hasn't worked, maybe it's fizzled out. But the fact is, is there has been documented research uh, on biological warfare. So ultimately, sometimes these things end up being used on the wrong people. Now, down you, the mentioned, you mentioned Xenu. Uh, what's his role in all this? Oh, Xenu? Yeah. He's the overlord that's uh, overseeing all this. Right. Crank call, right? Uh, Thanks for the call. (laughs) 800-259-9231. Oops, you didn't get through on that one, buddy. We've got a dump machine. 800-259-9231. We're not going to say it, are we? Because we dumped it out. I didn't hear anything. Okay, well. I didn't hear anything bad. Well, it's gone now. Anyway. It's a bunch of nonsense we continue here uh so and but there are people that really do believe what he uh, what he was claiming to believe they do believe that the the government is behind uh the the flu apparently or whatever the at least the disease of the moment is and well this particular flu virus from what i've read about it is highly unlikely that it developed on its own because of the because they've said it's it's a mixture of the swine flu the bird flu and a few other flus and, Viruses do evolve, and they, and they yeah, can uh, sure. spread from animal to animal, and it does make sense that uh, domesticated uh, animals uh, like chickens and pigs would be kept close together. So, therefore, if viruses were going to, uh, you know, say, jump from the feces of one, uh, you know, barnyard animal to another, that that makes perfectly good sense. Chickens, pigs, and uh, and, and humans do live in pretty close proximity in pretty unsanitary conditions around the third world. Now, when you've got the jaguar flu. Then I'm going to believe that it's a government engineer. <laughs> now, if you want to hear a caller that actually does believe in what he's saying about the whole government creating the flu thing, listen to last night's show. We had some real doozies last night. Really? 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can do that anytime at freetalklive.com. Wayne, let's talk about uh, martial law. Let's talk about the. Apparently, you said there's some new piece of legislation that's working its way through the Massachusetts state legislature having to do with... Martial law in the in in response to what was it the the flu or something else? Yes, the Massachusetts Senate has just approved a pandemic flu pr- uh, preparation bill. Massachusetts Senate has uh, unanimously passed a pandemic flu preparation bill that has languished in the legislature before the recent swine flu outbreak. The thirty-six to nothing vote today sends the measure to the House. Both branches have taken up taken it up in the past years, but have not been able to agree on the details. So what are the details? Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. I've got them right here. The details. Let's see. To require the owner or occupier of premises to permit entry into an investigation of the premises. Two, to close, direct, and compel the evacuation of or to decontaminate or cause to be contaminated any building or facility and to allow the reopening of the building or facility when the danger has ended. So, wait a minute. Before you go on with this list of tyranny, it's what it's sounding like it's going to be. Basically, this law will make it so that under the state of emergency... And that's when it always comes, people. Right. It's always... Right. It's always... Well, this is necessary. You'll hear them use the term necessary and emergency, and, you know, normally we wouldn't be searching your house, but... Stealing your guns. You know, you've got a chance of getting the flu, so we've got to come in here, look around, 
so that's what they're saying here is that they're going to be able to come to anybody's home that they want to and just basically say bird flu or swine flu coming in as looking as they around say the magic words right yeah. right oh yeah. see we've got this piece of paper 36 people in the senate they said that we can have we could have access to your house they won't bring a piece of paper they'll just do it now they've uh, been given the, i mean that's that's right. not a stipulation well the they're law. just going to flash their badge and they're going to say yeah. well there's this piece of paper they wrote in the legislature and now we have the ability to come in look around and i'm sure if they find a marijuana grow operation uh they're just going to leave that alone right because they're only looking for sick people the law it's free talk live more coming up on this and your calls as well would you like to help others find free talk live you can help us advertise market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com consider becoming a free talk live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com this is free talk live it's your show and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free 800-259-9231 that number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. Six nights a week here on Free Talk Live, we talk about some pretty serious topics. Police brutality, the war on drugs, the economic crisis. But I've got something to cheer you up. Comic books. Witness the uplifting adventures of Minuteman, Liberty Lad, El Diablo, and Menbot with the pages of in the within the pages of Freedom Force. For only ten bucks, you can get five action-packed, fun-filled issues, shipping included. That's ten dollars for the five uh, you know the five issues in the series of uh, Freedom Force, and the shipping is included. You can check out uh, a six-page preview now at comics.thundergodexpress.com. Makes a great gift for the kids, the grandkids. I've got to set uh, set aside for Jack, as a matter of fact. It's comics.thundergodexpress.com. Some pretty disturbing news coming out of Massachusetts. Of course, you can call in about whatever's on your mind. But I want to continue this briefly since we're in the midst of a uh, martial law bill that has been that is working its way through the Massachusetts state legislature. Now, beware. Just because this is happening in Massachusetts doesn't mean it's not also something similar isn't also being proposed or also working through your local state legislature. So don't feel safe just because you live in Rhode Island or in Florida or something like that. There's a very good chance these uh, similar provisions to what we're about to talk about are going to be coming down uh, to to your local area. In fact, who knows? It could even be made into a federal thing uh, eventually here. So remember, bureaucracy when they have a new law that is very restrictive and uh, you know aggregates them more power and takes away more freedom from you, bureaucrats will copy one another. They'll say, "Oh yeah, what, why didn't we think of that? Okay, let's implement that here." Well, I think more. <laughs> I think more. What they do is like, "I can't believe those people fell for that crap." Let's do it here. Yeah. yeah. So expect to see more of this. Now, Wayne, you said that this bill means uh, it's in response to the, the flu thing, the swine flu. So any kind of uh, crisis or, or dire situation, and the swine flu thing doesn't really seem to be much of a dire situation at all, uh, but anything that could be perceived as that, and it's certainly being perceived that way by people in the media and all that, can be spun off into legislation that allows the government to aggregate more power to itself. And you know something, the problem I have with the swine flu, these these hysterical type events, is that usually they're fronts for something else going on in the background. Uh, like when, a distraction? Yes, yeah. A lot of the times they're diversions because there's a lot of stuff going on in the financial sector right now. And a lot of A stuff. lot of <laughs> money being stolen and printed and all that stuff. And this is just one of those classic examples of... of 
create a diversion, get everybody all up in arms about it, and then don't look behind this door. Got it. So what are they doing in response? We know that they have already, they're authorizing the bureaucrats to go door to door, literally searching people's homes. Yep. For what, I'm not sure. I guess sick people. Uh, but of course, you know, if they find contraband, they'll probably take that too or call the cops. So what else? Well, they can evacuate any place they want and decontaminate it. They can... So you thought you could stay in your home? Nope. You've got to get out when they say get out, and uh, you know they'll probably put you in some government camp and they can in the meantime. And they can destroy any kind of material that they deem dangerous. But here's number four, which I think you'll, you'll start to really see the picture. To restrict or prohibit assemblages of persons. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> think about what that's going to do to the economy if, if these people can't go to Disney World, for example. Well, we already know that they don't like it when people assemble. I mean, when whenever you're assembling for a, for the purpose of freedom, of talking about liberty or something like that, they, they crack down. In fact, I was talking earlier about how this Friday, one of our activist friends here in New Hampshire is going to be on trial for an assembly without a permit. So already there's some uh, level of control over how many people can get together on the street or in a public park or public location at any given period in, uh, in time. Those are all over the country right now, and so you're saying they're going to take it a step further to where they're just going to say, well, we've got a uh, flu situation here, folks, so uh, sorry, too many people together here on the sidewalk, disperse, disperse. Somebody can sneeze. Yeah, you know, oh, you're too, you're too cl- close proximity, you need to have a three-foot uh, radius uh, around you there, sir. Excuse me, you're too close, ma'am. Oh, no kissing, no kissing in public. I mean, I don't know how far they're going to take it. But basically, they can just tell groups of people that you can't be together. Right. Basically, it's unconstitutional no matter how far they take it. The, That's the true. fact that they have uh, passed this is, you know, it's just contrary to the Constitution. I mean, you have the right to peaceably assemble. That's what it says Period. in the First Amendment. But again, we all know they don't care. No, they, they, no, they don't. But they, hey, remember, they didn't sign the Constitution either. Right. I didn't sign it, nor did they. That's so right. go on with the uh, list. To require a health care facility or provide services the use of its facility or to transfer the management and supervision of the health care facility to the department or to a local public health authority, whatever that means. So to, to essentially nationalize? Nationalize or statalize. Uh, yeah, the, uh, possible. I mean, yeah. as though the hospital or the health care system wasn't state-controlled enough, now they mm-hmm. can basically just wave their uh, magic wand and say, okay, now you are bureaucrats. You're required to provide our... Uh, brand of health care and do what we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, we'll shut you down. Or we'll shut you down. Number six, to control ingress and egress from any stricken or threatened public area and the movement of persons and materials within the area. That's a quarantine. Yeah, that's a quarantine. Or it could be an evacuation. Seven, to adopt and enforce measures to provide for the safe disposal disposal of infectious waste and human remains provided that the religious, cultural, family, and individual beliefs of the deceased person shall be followed to the extent possible when disposing of human remains. You know, these health concerns are even more powerful for the government, I think, than the idea of some terrorist running around out there in the country. I mean... Right. It's even more invisible. They don't even have to show proof. Nobody's no, nobody in America, no no American citizen at this point has died of the swine flu, and they're already passing this nonsense. Right. All they have to do is say that, well, we've had reports that someone in this neighborhood is uh, infected with the swine flu, so we're going to have to quarantine the entire neighborhood. We're going to do a house by house search. We're going to test every single person that uh, that is that is here, and uh, you know, look around and poke around in your in your life. I mean, they they can do that, and and if they don't find a terror. 
it, even if they don't find any evidence of the, the the swine flu, it won't matter anyway. There's no action you can take against them for this stuff. They're completely immune. The bureaucrats have sovereign immunity. So even if they come in and destroy your life, destroy your house, destroy your family, uh, kick you out of your own home, whatever kind of damage they do, none of them, no bureaucrat that pulled the trigger on uh, on ordering those things to happen, nobody is actually responsible for the consequences that come that uh, will befall you. But you're gonna love number eight to procure. How many are there? Take immediate nine. Okay. To take immediate possession from any source, store, or distribute any antitoxins, serums, vaccines, immunize uh, agents located within the Commonwealth as may be necessary to respond to the emergency. In other words, they can, so they can confiscate stuff. anything yeah. they want from drugstores or whatever to do it. Yeah. Number nine to require an in health. Uh, healthcare providers to assist in the performance of vaccination, of course, forced vaccination, I'm sure. Slavery. Treatment, examination, or testing of any individual. Conscription. Yes, as a condition of licensure, authorization, or the ability to continue to function as a healthcare provider in the Commonwealth. So So they won't put you in jail, but they'll just destroy your livelihood if you don't go go along with whatever tyranny they want you to help them enforce on the population. Another problem with licensure. Exactly, because licensing turns you into a bitch for the state where uh, whatever it is the state says, you'll do it because you don't want to have your livelihood destroyed. Yeah, so forced, unfortunately. It's it's a, a, a... Easy tool for forced vaccination to, to force the health. That's so scary. Yeah. It's so scary. And, of course, they're going to go along with it, right? I mean, the doctors might have said, well, I need to do what's best for the patients, and I don't think this is what's best, but the government's going to take my license, so I better Suddenly go along it with it. it gets to be best. Yeah. So I better go along with it. Scary stuff. Thanks for bringing there, that up. There's been, a, there's been a lot of, of speculation over the last few years about eventually uh, compulsory vaccinations, forced vaccinations, and... Uh, oh, that's scary too. And, and there's a lot of issues with vaccination. Some people don't believe in them, so they don't take. Them. Some people get I know, sick. I know yes. that I if look, I know I'm going to get sick from any flu vaccination they give. I you know the the two that I've taken in my life. I know people on the bulletin of BBS are going to say causation and correlation. Look, it's enough for me. I've taken two flu shots, and within two days of both of those flu shots, I've been the sickest I've ever been in my entire life. I don't need to take another one of those things well, to wait, realize that I'm going to be sick. What's going to happen to you if you refuse to take it? I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I'm not taking another one. Well, maybe they'll strap you down. Maybe they will. Either that or that you get put into some sort of camp, right? Which one's worse? None of those things are good. 1-800-259-9231. Hopefully it won't get to that point, but it's not looking good. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. as the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. What if you found out that the best liberty activists in the world... We're moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes. Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to your phone calls, Frank is on the line in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Ah, good evening. Hey, Frank. Yeah, it's very disheartening to hear about the uh, rules for the martial law, but uh, those actually have been in executive orders for many years, since the time of LBJ in case of a, uh, an emergency of any kind. And also in the Some would point Act out, Frank, that uh, Act. 
Frank, some would point out that the United States has been in a state of emergency several times, and it's never been repealed, so that it's still in a state of emergency. Oh, I agree. I think that, and I think right now with the economy, that probably is more pronounced than ever. I mean, if this isn't a state of emergency from an economic point of view, the fact that we don't have the capital to reindustrialize, nor the, the intellectual capital to do it, uh, and uh, we have a population of about 340 million people, uh, that, you know, the future is very bleak, especially with regard to job and with this incredible debt burden with the $12.8 trillion bailout since September of uh, last year. So oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The money's not worth anything anyway, Frank. Well, what I think is very interesting <laughs> is the fact that we'll probably see with this, uh, this will be probably the predicate to uh, sort of like the action verb to trigger you know, more of a, I guess, a, a government-controlled society. What's interesting, though, if they do go into the martial law regarding the health crisis, the U.N. steps in and supersedes the U.S. government regarding the planning uh, for the health crisis, and then FEMA works directly under the U.N. So it's a very interesting notion of sovereignty uh, with regard to the state that, in a sense, uh, fades away with this emergency and uh it's yeah. kind of it's kind of intriguing but you know what we lose about 37,000 people every year to flu that's not reported and now we have maybe one or two people dead and uh we're ready to you know put on you know the masks. uh the people are wearing masks and it's 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 kind of ridiculous yeah, yeah i'm with you i that's yep. how i feel about it thanks frank anything else on your mind uh yeah i just wanted to say that uh, I believe that what we're going to see with the World Bank's, uh, and by, by that I mean the world central banks that are privately owned, is I think the international bank, the biz, the international, the Bank of International Settlements will create a digital currency probably within the next 10 to 12 months. It will be adopted by all the central banks because even the Bank of England is having problems now creating more money that exists than exists within, you know, the Bank of England. So. Uh, what we're seeing now is you mean a world currency, country. a world digital currency. Is that what you mean? Absolutely, yes. Whereby the banks will be able to keep, in a sense, the money in their own accounts or their own institutions, and then digital uh, that will be reported to the DIS, and then they will issue digital currency back to the central banks, and the system will continue and continue. What well, we have to Frank, do is once... get rid of the toxic derivatives, but no one is willing to do that well, we have yet. to get rid of the state. Well, That's not going to happen anytime soon. Frank, once that happens, once the, uh, we go to a, world, uh, current, world, a different world reserve currency, uh, you know, they create this uh, new digital currency uh, for the central banks to trade in, then the United States dollar ceases to be the, uh, the world reserve That's currency. That's correct. And, and then wait, wait, wait. wait. Other... Once that happens, then China, what do they need dollars for anymore? They dump their dollars, the dollar becomes worthless because it's no longer uh, the world reserve currency. I mean, we're that, well, that's it for America. The, money, the Bank of International Settlements will take that money back, and then they will make the Fed take it back, and the U.S. will get less, or I should say the Federal Reserve will get less digital, uh, digital currency than uh, China. And ultimately, what it'll do is, in a sense, uh, it will make the the need for a reserve currency non-existent, right. which means that you'll have the Bank of International Settlements handling this. And then, remember, the Bank of China, the, uh, uh, the central bank in China is privately owned. So you have to realize that, in a sense, uh, it will streamline the system, but the little person in the financial institution that makes money with currency arbitrage 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 
that will cease to exist. It'll be great mean, for the people running the central bank and all of their cronies that are connected correct. to them, but for the rest of us, we're all screwed. Thanks, Frank, Absolutely. for the call tonight. That's appreciate exactly- it. Thank you, sir. Wayne, your thoughts on that? Well, the Bank of International Settlements has been around a while now, and they've been kind of the central bank for all the world's central banks, but I think the original plan was eventually to have them issue the world currency. And the problem is, is the farther away from the people that the central bank gets, the worse it becomes. It's bad enough. It's out of control now. It's out of control now. But and you can see what happened oh, it's in, in Europe. Complete with, control. With, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's taking the wealth out of the hands of the little people, and putting the wealth, the hands, uh, wealth in the hands true. of the people that run these banks. When I say it's out of control, I mean there's no way to stop it. Like they, the it's, people, it's, it's out of the hands right. of the people. The money's out of the hands of the people. Really, it, the control it, it, over the money. It got out of the hands of the people when the people didn't rise up with pitchforks and torches back in 1913. When they turned when, in their gold in the 30s, right. actually. Well, well, well the, when they started the uh, the Federal Reserve and yeah. and allowed fractional reserve banking. The fact is, the people got the government that they deserved. They they got the destroyed, scorched earth that they deserved, and because. Every day that goes by, they do nothing about the fact that they, the the currency has been, uh, you know, uh, stolen away from them, from their children, from their grandchildren. And they don't know what to do. They they don't know what to do. I was watching this Freedom Watch show today uh, for the first time. I've seen excerpts from it, but I pretty much watched through most of all of it today uh, as it aired live. And, uh, by the way, Jason Sorens from the Free State Project did a great job. He was the only guy that was actually talking about solutions. During the show, they, the there was a theme of frustration of, well... What do we do here? I mean, the, the, is the, the essentially uh, Napolitano, the host, he asked the question, is this hopeless? You know, is it uh, there's uh, just scummy Democrats and scummy Republicans, and every time we change one out, we get another scumbag? I mean, Ron Paul's the only guy with any level of uh, credibility or, or principle. Is this hopeless? And, of course, they had some politico on there, RJ, somebody who was running for office in Oklahoma, and, of course, he said the same old crap you'd expect some politico to say, like, what we need to do is replace all of Congress and uh, get in there and run campaigns from the grassroots and blah, blah, blah. You know, the same old solution that we've heard decade after decade. Well, right, the one like that it, hasn't worked. Right, if you don't like it, just, just elect me, and I'll fix everything, and me and my buddies. Uh, and then they uh, they bring Lou Rockwell on, who had something, I think, better to say. He said he didn't think electoral politics was the solution to uh, to electoral politics. or based, I'm paraphrasing, I don't yeah. think it's exactly what he said. But uh, he didn't have anything better than, well, we just need to educate people. We need to educate people and have them you know, uh, understand the economy. Because Lou doesn't want to move. He lives in Texas. Right. He has a nice little life there. Auburn, isn't it? Uh, or Georgia or something? I don't know where he lives. Auburn, I, I thought Alabama. it was Texas, Alabama. Alabama. Where, wherever it is, he has a nice little life there, and he doesn't right. want to pick up and move. People don't want to see that the only hope that they have is the Free State Project. And, and indeed, that's what one of the other hosts on the show said. Uh, he said, you know, I, I like what they're, what they're saying here, but I don't think people should be forced to move to one place. Hey, nobody's forcing you to do anything. Right. As you far might as feel forced because you know there's no other hope. However, there's just nothing that's going to be done. We've done this spread out thing right. before, and this is what we've got. But the bottom line is, the ec- ec- economically, this country is screwed. Big time. Yeah. We're, we're up the creek right now. Well, they're running around like a bunch of chickens. With the, the Liberty activists are running around with the, you know, like they're chickens with their heads cut off. They have, they have no idea what can be done about it. They understand there's a problem. 
They see what the problem is. They see that the, the corruption in the state, they see the central bank is evil, and they think they're going to solve it by having Ron Paul introduce some piece of legislation that audits the Fed. It's certainly not going to hurt. I'm all for auditing the Fed. However, I'm, I'm just of the opinion that... The, How much the, effort are they putting into this? What's gov- it going to change? The government... Well, yeah, <laughs> We've audited the Fed and determined they've screwed us. Okay. But you know what? The Fed may cease to exist in the next few years if they go to a world central right. bank. Right. Yeah. So, so that, poof, there it goes. So, Sorry, see ya. And I'm sure it, the, it did its job, and it's uh, you know now well, now thanks for thanks for your sovereignty. Once you go to a world reserve currency, the United States, all the wealth the United States ever had has already been sucked out of it, leached out of it by the central bankers, and uh, you know we're we're a third world so, country. Again. And so if the, you look if you look what happened in Europe when they went to the euro, the countries that went to the euro, all of a sudden now you have this one size fits all policy of interest rates, money supply, and everything for all these different countries. Now even though central banking is not the optimal situation. If you're going to have it, you want to have it in smaller regions, so that way they can they can adapt to uh, what what the what the individual marketplace does. And there's that way there's at least a some level of competition between the crappy fiat currencies. Sure, sure, but, uh, but there is really. But, but the point is, is that people in Europe weren't happy, have not been happy with the euro, the euro at all because of, heard, yeah. of all that. And the, the ultimate, of course, is to have debt-free, commodity-based money that's controlled by the people. That's what you really want. But that's never going to happen unless we have secession to to pull out of this insane federal government. It's certainly not going to happen at the federal level, and you're damn well sure it ain't going to happen at the world level, that's for sure. So, If you believe the cons- the, the, the people that uh, talk about these conspiracy theories, and this is one I'm, I'm inclined to believe, that, well, the wars are started by the countries that don't have the central banks. More coming up tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712.